unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. The story of Mark Hoffman, as it relates to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or in a broader context of, of forgeries in general across the, the nation, is one of the craziest stories it's bizarre. ever. Hey guys, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. Taylor and David here. Taylor, there's a new show on Netflix. Is there? Called Murder Among the Mormons. Ooh, it sounds incriminating. It does sound incriminating, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, it's a three-part documentary. There are three episodes. are about an hour each. Um, and it's about Mark Hoffman. Ha! We know all about Mark we Hoffman know around here. We about Mark Hoffman. So we've actually done a Faith and Beliefs episode about Mark Hoffman. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I wrote it and you edited it. So we're both quite familiar with the topic. Right. Um, and so this morning, the, the show on Netflix came out this morning, and, and this wasn't like a church-produced documentary no. or, or anything. I mean, it's released on Netflix. That should tell you enough. Yes, it should. <laughs> uh, but we watched the entire documentary this morning, and so we're just going to give you our thoughts on it today. Um, and it's going to be interesting because it's such a fascinating topic. Yes. So, but also it's very, it's, it's really heavy, too. It's tragic. Yeah. It's Terrible. So, very, very, very terrible. What's the line from Harry Potter? Terrible, but great. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly terrible. Mo mostly, mostly terrible. Um, Maybe we should give a quick rundown of what it's about. I guess right, if you yeah. want a quick rundown. I was, I was trying to decide how we should proceed with this. Yeah, no. if you want a quick rundown, just watch our Faith and Beliefs episode on it. We basically right. take kind of the three-hour documentary and put it in like five minutes. Literally. Like, in this documentary, they were using footage that I had already used in our faith and beliefs episode like i noticed a lot of the same the pictures same pictures, like pictures at the end the same yeah the same news footage yeah same interviews very, very interesting use. uh fair use we don't make any money off this channel no we don't it's educational it's educational <laughs> so what were your well i okay okay so mark hoffman uh if you're not familiar with him was one of the most notorious master forgers master forgers in the United States. In the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Sauron forged in secret a master ring. And he made a lot of different documents. Like ever. Forging stuff from George Washington and Mark Twain and Elizabeth Dickinson. Uh, and a lot of documents related to our church. Right. He was a member of the church. Early in his, in his teen years, he became an atheist, but never told anyone. Just sort of grew up in the church, you know, putting off this this good member facade sort of deal. And uh, I guess he got it in his head. He wanted to mess with church history a little bit. And so he, he started forging documents uh, related to church history, particularly around Joseph Smith and the gold plates. And uh, just just tried to set the the place on fire, so, yeah. so to speak. Just really tried to, to take it down with him a little bit. Yes, indeed. Okay, so with that background, and maybe you've seen the show, maybe you've seen our little episode, uh, what were your thoughts on, on the documentary? Uh, first of all, I well, it was produced by Jared Hess. Okay, yeah. Uh, who's, uh, he did Napoleon Dynamite, Nacho Libre, cool guy. I really appreciate uh, his style. Um, 
So it was interesting to see him tackle something that was so different, serious. Yeah. Although there was that sequence with the Uzi. Oh which my was gosh! Hilarious, and that... I was I was dying trying not to <laughs> just. That was a great. I was trying to keep my composure because Jake was doing something important next to me. <laughs> yeah, that was a great part. That was uh, that was very Hessian. The. Anyways, you'll have to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Had to be there. Had to be there. Had to be there. But the but the documentary as a whole, um, it did pretty well. I I was worried that uh, with the with the title, of course, that it was going to try to paint the church in a negative light. A lot of people try to do that, especially when bringing up the Mark Hoffman story. Um, but they but they don't really do that. I mean, there are there are some places where like as a storytelling tool they imply that the church was involved or responsible because what we didn't end up saying, we introduced Mark Hoffman, but like what the documentary was really about is that he ends up to cover his tracks and to buy himself time because he was in really over his head with his forgeries. He created a few bombs and killed a couple of different people in Salt Lake City in, a, in one day. It was over the course of just one day, right? Um, I can't remember. But anyway, so like close proximity. There were times like in episode one, like they end episode one making it sound as if the church was involved or responsible for the murders, um, to try to cover up, you know, documents that might be incriminating to their history. Yeah, or... specifically the salamander letter. If you're not yeah. familiar with that, you can watch our video. But it's essentially this letter purportedly from Martin Harris. Um, about how Joseph Smith actually didn't receive these, you know, this ancient record from an angel. It was actually this white salamander that transformed into an angel. And it, it just tries to tie Joseph's story in with some folk magic y stuff to uh, cast doubt on kind of our Latter-day Saint origin story, I guess. Yeah. And a lot of people left the church over it. And But the thing is, is that... He fooled everyone. Yeah. I mean, everyone. Like, the letter ascended all the way, like, to the FBI. Yeah. Like, the top four the document forensics experts examined this document for several days. Like, more than a, like, I think it was a week or more. It was more um, than a week, I think, yeah. And, uh, and they're like, yep, this is genuine. And the yeah. whole time, he made it in his, like, in his basement or something. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I will make the point, though, because uh, this is a Latter-day Saint channel, and a lot of people, including uh, Sandra Tanner, who was in the documentary, she brings this up, uh, but this there's this idea that, like, oh, our church is led by a prophet of God, and he was totally duped by this Mark Hoffman forgery, right? If right? he was a prophet, he should have known that he was lying. Yeah, if he was a prophet, God should have told him that Mark right. Hoffman was a liar. But, like... Why? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, well, and what I really appreciated about this particular documentary, and I don't think we even addressed this in the Faith and Beliefs video, but they included it in the documentary, um, was a statement released by the church when they they acquired the letter from mm -hmm. Hoffman, um, and they they ended up publishing it. It went public, and they released it with a a statement. Gordon B. Hinckley said, "We'll have to accept for the time being the scientific evaluations of the examiners." But that does not mean that it could not have been a forgery from that time period that was created for the purpose of hurting the church. So, like, even though they published it and were accepting it temporarily as authentic, Gordon B. Hinckley wasn't totally convinced. 
He's yeah. like, there's still a possibility this could be. Yeah, but here's the, like here's the and, and, and granted the documentary only like very briefly brought this point up, which so they could have focused a lot more on it, and I'm glad that they didn't, right. uh, just because I think it's a silly point because like there's this idea that that, that prophets can't be tricked. But, like, where does that come from? Like, you look in the Bible, like, the prophet Jacob, his, like, 11 sons come to him, and they're like, hey, your other son, Joseph, just got eaten by wild animals. And Jacob isn't like, huh, God has told me that you're lying to me. No, he totally falls for it, and he's like, oh, my gosh, my life is over. Like, the next son. 30 years. Yeah. Like, who knows how long that period was. And my favorite is the one where, uh, where Jacob goes into... Isaac's room and pretends he's Esau by oh, putting by covering himself with fur. And he's like, Oh, my Esau's pretty hairy. This must be <laughs> like, what? You don't recognize your own son? Yeah, so this idea Anyways. that script that, that prophets can't be like duped or tricked or anything is is totally like not scriptural. But uh but again, like yeah, Mark Hoffman just tricked everybody and like repeatedly, like people were like, Okay, let's check and make sure. Let's check and make sure, let's check and make sure this is authentic. And they were all just like, okay. It's it's really the real deal until these FBI guys really got down deep into it and saw some cracked ink. It right. came down to cracked ink. And, and all it was, and he didn't know what that meant. He just saw that there were cracked ink. There was cracked ink on Hoffman's documents that he had submitted, but there wasn't cracked ink on other historical documents. Yeah. And so he's just like he went through and had his assistant hand him documents, and he was able to be like, okay, this is Hoffman's. This is not Hoffman's. This is Hoffman's. And they made an entire pile of Hoffman's letters just based on the consistency of the cracked ink. Yeah. And so they had to, like, go in. They had a forensics team, like, recreate the the ink. Or, like, how was it that – why is it that Hoffman's ink cracks? Yeah. And they were able to find out that it was – because it was fake. It was forged. Overall, I thought it was a really solid documentary. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I I mean I'm, I I always look at things with a critical eye when they're about the church and there were a couple of things like like they mentioned a guy talking about giving Mark Hoffman a, a blessing after a certain instant incident happened to him I won't give it away uh, I guess because it's kind of a big deal spoilers but anyways <laughs> this guy gives Mark Hoffman a blessing and like if you don't understand what a, a blessing is in our faith if there's not more context around that then that might seem a little bit weird to you he was very um, confident. He was very confident. And I guess, you know, kind of, it worked. I know. So I was actually, I wanted to ask you, like, what your thoughts were on that. Because not only does Hoffman uh, get better, survive, you know, uh -huh. uh, but, like, even later attempts, uh, after he's found guilty, after he's in prison, um, he attempted suicide again and also survives. Spoiler that. alerts. We don't know whether or not the first event was attempted suicide we have we, they kind of imply yeah. that it was possible but they never answer the question of who of what that was for which i actually didn't know i thought that I it was an accidental explosion i think in our in our video we just say it went off i don't recall if we say it was an accident or not um but anyway so that's something that that i learned towards the end they start uh, playing an interview uh mark hoffman pleads guilty to the murders and the forgeries and then to avoid a death sentence, he agrees to share his story about why he did it, what he did. And in the interview, the uh, the interviewer kind of jumps to conclusions and assumes that it was a suicide attempt, that the bomb in his car was a suicide attempt to like frame, you know, to make it look like he was one of the victims. But then she like backtracks and then they 
they kind of reestablished like, oh, maybe you never said it was a suicide attempt, did you? And he's like, oh, no. She said, who was the third bomb intended for? And he never answers. Mm. So like all of a sudden there was like backtracking. and But he answered the question and it almost sounds as if he was trying to attempt suicide. Or that it was on purpose. Yeah. Somehow. Or something. Interesting. But, but the fact that the bomb like kills two other people successfully and then fails to kill him from such close proximity inside of a car. Just under his seat, right? The fact that he survived is... is crazy. Is pretty crazy. And so, like, it almost seems as if there was some divine intervention, at least for the purposes of, like, we're going to bring this man to justice in his life kind of a thing. No, not, not saying that's for real, but, like, it almost seems that way. There's, there's some irony. Right, yeah. There's uh, some poetic Especially irony. later on as he's in prison and he ends up trying to commit suicide by taking a bunch of pills and he goes unconscious and... right. And he loses, as a result of it, he loses the use of his forging arm. Yeah, he, he like is unconscious on his arm and it cuts off the blood flow for so long that his, his hand is crippled, essentially. Right? right, yeah. Interesting stuff. What I think struck me the most was just how conscienceless right. this guy was. I, I made a list of quotes from this guy as he's talking. Please. It's, it's disturbing. It I'm is not going to lie. Like, it's hard. Uh, like, it's a really engaging documentary. And then the last episode, the more you hear about his his mind, it starts to get weird and, and creepy. This was a really interesting comment that he made. This was uh, as he's walking towards, you know, to drop the bomb off, the first bomb. He said, like, he's explaining what his thoughts were. He said, even though I tried to justify the taking of life as my own survival, and that that was philosophically not an inappropriate thing to do. I had feelings of not guilt so much as feelings of wondering as far as what happens if I'm wrong or what happens if there really is a God. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't, he wasn't worried about taking Stephen Christensen's life. He was worried about, what if I'm wrong about this? But he obviously wasn't too broken up about yeah. it because he went forward with it anyway. And then the second bomb, which was intended for Steve Christensen's boss, um, Gary Sheets, which ended up actually killing Gary Sheets' wife, Kathy. Um, in the interview, he, he's talking about how um, he wasn't sure if it was going to go off, but that even if it didn't go off, it would serve the, the, purpose. the purpose that it was intended for. It would distract it would get attention off of him, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the interviewer is like, well, if you didn't need to kill her, why didn't you just rig the bomb to not go off? And he essentially just said, like, it was a game to me. Like, I didn't, I didn't really care. I, it could have killed uh, an adult. It could have killed a child. It could have killed a dog. It didn't really matter to him. And that kind of thing, especially coming from, like, a guy like Mark Hoffman, who kind of comes off as kind of, like, shy and, like, reserved and like he doesn't come across he, as like, like a really sinister nice person right but he was yes and that makes it all the the oh cringier uh -huh. they asked him what he was thinking the night before he made the decision to kill people as he's making the bombs the night before he plants them and he says my thoughts were that there's no great harm done you know they might have died in a car accident you know the worthlessness of life or whatever or whatever yeah that's what he says Mark, this is so the, consciousless. The story of Mark Hoffman 
as it relates to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or in a broader context of, of forgeries in general across the, the nation is one of the craziest stories it's bizarre. ever. Especially because almost no one in Utah even knows that this happened. Yeah. It was only like, I guess now it's almost 40 years ago. I don't think it's one, like, it's, again, it's one that, like, people bring up uh, as a contention against, you know, the truth claims of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I don't think it is. Uh, obviously, yeah. they had opportunities to make more damaging comments about the church, and they didn't take Yeah, it, so. but I think just the story in general, like, isn't really damaging to the oh, church. Yeah. Obviously, it made church leaders look stupid, just like it made, you know, the FBI look stupid and, and other, like, leading document authentication experts look stupid. Like, yeah. like the whole thing was like Mark Hoffman trying to make people look stupid to make himself feel superior to others. And he achieved that. Definitely. Until it all fell apart. On his face. Yeah. So I think it's a fascinating story. It's tragic, though. And in this documentary, you see the wake that he leaves, yeah. that his crimes leave. And you see people, both members of the church and, and non-members, and how they're still affected to this day. And that was rough. That's rough. It's rough to watch. Like, it there was one really guy who's is. still, like, he's the one who introduced Hoffman to, like, Steve Christensen and the other people, and he holds himself, he still considers himself responsible for those things. And it's so, it's been, like I said, it's been, like, 35 years, and uh, it's just sad it's to a tough thing to tough thing to, to live with. Yeah. But overall, I think that the documentary was... Uh, th across the, the United States, I feel like people in the last few years have been really into, like, true crime documentaries and stuff about, like, terrible people. Like, uh, who was the, the Zac Efron oh, guy? Uh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. There there was, like, a movie and then, a, a like, a, just a the true Ted crime documentary and yeah. stuff. And, like, people just eat those things up. And I think that the Hoffman story is... It's perfect is, for that. ...is on par. <laughs> yeah. Totally on so with that. interesting, and it's a, it's in a league of its own for sure. So tragic though, and just yeah. the the oh this guy, this guy, and just the level of deception. His own wife he uses as a pawn in his forgery games. Like one of the the Latter Day Saint documents, he he forges is the Anton transcript, and what he does is he creates it, and then he hides it in the pages of this old Bible and sets it out for his wife to find, and she finds it, and then he's like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this crazy document, and, and sells it and whatnot. But like, kind of makes me wonder how long the Bible was sitting there waiting for her to find <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, a little you know? bit. But like his own wife. Yeah. Like, how can you do that? And the people that he, he like Steve Christensen was like, some, like a colleague of his, like he wasn't like an enemy, it was someone that was working with him, and oh, it's just heart-wrenching, but. Really interesting, really interesting documentary. It's worth a watch for sure. Yeah. Especially if for nothing else, at least for the, the Uzi sequence. The just, Uzi sequence. Just <laughs> And and okay, one thing that I wish they hadn't used was so so basically like if you know nothing about the church, the the this documentary will introduce you to the church as it existed in the Oh 80s. gosh, yes. Like like a minute and a half into the thing, it's showing church videos from the 80s and it's just so it's so cheesy and, awful. and the thing is like it's not just church specific if you show anybody's footage of anything from the 80s unless it's like a stranger things tribute 
it's it's cheesy and it's uh, just like it's it's hard. Uh. <laughs> Remember last week when you said next week you'd spend more time with your children? It's next week. <laughs> but we all wish we could forget it. <laughs> but they won't. The church was still true back then, just as much as it is now. But but our media maybe was uh, a little cheesier. Oh, the eighties. Yeah, love it. Anyways. Should just end All the right. episode that way. <laughs> this is like kind of a reaction video, right? To, yeah. to this documentary. I feel like a lot of people look at these things wondering like, oh, are these Latter-day Saints going to be like super offended by this mean thing right. that was produced online about them? And right. like, it's so hard to offend <laughs> Latter-day Saints. We've got skin of leather just it's like <laughs> like we literally like they make the book of mormon musical and we put ads in the playbill you know like it's going to take more than more than this mark hoffman documentary to get under our skin but i actually really liked it i thought it was that was great yeah so uh if you've seen the documentary feel free to leave your comments below and uh and uh, we can talk about it if you haven't yeah. seen it go ahead and give it a watch yeah why not or, or just watch our Faith and Beliefs version, which uses a lot of the same footage and tells the same story, but in five minutes instead of three hours. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, go ahead and do so if you want to learn more about cool Latter-day Saint beliefs. What? What? What's so hip and cool? What? I'm wearing... Smash that like button. Socks and sandals. Are you there? No, there's slippers. Oh. Socks and slippers. <laughs> Much better choice. Anyways, okay. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.